Are you an overwhelmed SaaS founder ready to make the leap from leading a team to leading an organization? Join us each week as we refill your think tank with actionable tips and strategies from great business minds you know and those you don't know yet. This is SaaS Fuel with your host, five-time entrepreneur, SaaS founder, and globetrotting adventurer, Jeff Maines. Welcome back to the SaaS Fuel podcast, where SaaS founders compete with pitch decks entirely written in limericks. I'm your host, Jeff Maines. I help B2B SaaS founders like you scale and exit. We create capital-efficient growth, premium valuation, and ownership freedom so that you build a business you're proud of and create a life of impact that you absolutely love. There once was a SaaS deck in hand with slides that were slick and so grand. It made VC smile for a little while till they saw the trillion dollar demand. Pitch decks from Limerick. So thank you for that idea, Tim Newsom. I love it when ideas are submitted by listeners uh, for, for opening things like that. It's, that's pretty fun. I had an amazing time at the Ascent Conference this week, wrapped up yesterday. Great connections, brain dates with thought leaders, and super opportunity to interview brilliant founders about what's working in their business right now. Big weekend coming up this next weekend. School is wrapping up across the country. Graduations and Memorial Day is Monday. It's not only the unofficial start of summer, but a day to remember those who protect and defend our country in the military and first responders, and especially those who have made the ultimate sacrifice. Instead of a sponsor spot today, I want to spotlight two nonprofits that I'm a big fan of and that we support as a company. The first is Tunnel to Towers. They began out of 9-11, named after a firefighter that died in that 9-11 tower collapse. And what they do is they provide mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and fallen first responder families with young children. It's a, an amazing uh, nonprofit, amazing charity. Uh, they also build specially adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans and first responders as well. And so you think about somebody in a wheelchair and some of the things that they need, special accommodations they need in houses, they build those and give them to the, the families. And I think that is an amazing thing. And uh, they're you know, fantastically rated across pretty much every metric there is for, for financial accountability and responsibility. It's a great organization. You can learn more and donate to them at t2t.org, and we'll link that on our site. Uh, the second is a, a nonprofit called Nova Ukraine. And they have absolutely had their hands full providing food, water, necessities, basic resources to the people of Ukraine. I mean, these guys are the real deal. They're in country, on the ground. They have logistical capabilities to get things where they're needed the most. And you can learn more about them and donate at Nova, N-O-V-A, NovaUkraine.org. Links to both of them are on our site, uh, sasfuel.com. Uh, whether you want to support at home and or abroad, or do one, do both, uh, you know, whatever it is that moves you, but consider making a donation to one or both of those in honor of Memorial Day. Our founder on Tuesday was Dennis Kelly, six startups over the last 30 years, and is currently founder and CEO of Postalytics, a fast-growing direct mail automation SaaS. Incredibly insightful conversation, and not just about whether direct mail still works. I mean, spoiler alert, it does. Uh, it's even better than before because in light of all the digital marketing overwhelm, uh, you know, it's not nearly as crowded. So that is a great episode and some fantastic insights. Somebody 30 years, six startups, he has a thing or two. 
Our expert guest last week was Ryan Rood, founder and CEO of Lake One Digital. And they team up with B2B brands to build and optimize revenue systems by developing laser-focused strategies to reach their buyers. And the, the key thing here is aligning what's usually fragmented, and that is sales and marketing and sales and marketing tech stacks. So instead of everybody doing their own thing, they bring those things together. So if you missed either one of those episodes, go back and give them a listen for sure. My guest this week is Bobby Gillespie, Bobby G., Brand growth consultant and author of Build Your Brand Like You Give Us. Yeah, there you go. He is the founder and principal at Proper Design, a Baltimore-based B2B brand growth agency. And both Bobby and the Proper team advise and implement strategies that help B2B brands scale through better positioning, messaging, design, web presence, and marketing overall. Bobby G is also the host of the On Brand podcast. So here you go, the one, the original, Bobby G. Hey, Bobby. Welcome to SaaS Fuel. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate being here. Well, tell me a little bit about Proper and marketing and what you guys do. Sure. So I started Proper back in 2014. It's been eight uh, interesting years. Uh, And what we do, in a a nutshell, is we're a brand strategist at a creative agency. So what we really help our clients do is... Uh, you know, with their investment in brand and website and design and, and campaigns, we help them get more out of it by really aligning their business goals and brand aspirations with the reputation they're desiring uh, and ready to earn on a daily basis. So, you know, it's really about performance and results with us, but really leveraging that creativity and the creative in general to uh, empower our clients to get some significant results. So tell me about brand aspiration and uh, brand representation. What, what does that mean? Sure. So, you know, your brand is, is your reputation. That's how we define it, right? So like, it's not your logo, it's not your website, it's not your products or services. Those are an extension of your brand. Your reputation is what defines you, right? And you have to earn that every day. So it is aspirational. You have to be consistent no matter what. Everywhere from from the bottom up and the top down, you have to be consistently moving in the right direction and the strategic purpose and sharing a common goal. And it is, like I said, aspirational because it requires work and commitment. But where what we do to help our clients to be really excellent in that area is by just clarifying what their purpose and mission is. And when they can understand that in simple terms, then everybody understands what they're trying to accomplish, what we're doing, for whom. And it builds a lot of momentum, but also gives uh, leadership and us as sort of an extension of our client's team, the understanding to make decisions that are best for their brand and best for their future customers. And really that's what it's all about. That's the most important question that any leader within any organization should be able to have the clarity to answer that, but really the guts to ask that really important question. And so at what point should leaders be thinking about building a brand? I mean, how important is that as a startup versus, you know, later on down the road as a bigger company? Well, that's a, that's a great question. And um, I'm doing a lunch and learn with a bunch of startup leaders tomorrow. And we're, we're talking about branding with them. 
And, you know, while they're often, you know, really super smart people, um, they're experts in their arena and we're experts in ours. So what, when is brand important? Well, when before your product's on the market and before you make any revenue, you have to be thinking about what you want to be known as and known for. And that, that starts with the individual. So your personal brand is, uh, is something that just allows you to be yourself on a daily basis and you know, consistently making decisions around how you're talking to people, how you're writing, um, how you're interacting with others, and uh, the, 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 as well as like the visual and verbal expression of your brand, what you're putting forward. You want to start establishing that early. And it, it's not really a com- complicated thing uh, if you really focus on what truly matters to you, uh, what personality you're trying to convey, and what's the emotional connection you want folks to really experience when they think of you and your brand. So it's something that you should be thinking about it early, uh, early and often, right? you know, to use that uh, great cliche. But... There's times where, you know, in the business life cycle, you'll hit certain milestones where things are more important than they used to be. So we like to just, you know, advise folks to set a high bar for their brand and try to match that bar on a daily basis. But eventually, good enough will no longer be good enough. And you'll sense that, right? Like our website doesn't cut it anymore, or our identity doesn't cut it, or our messaging doesn't say the right thing. And, you know, so you sense that in your gut, that's what, that's usually the time where you're like, okay, you know, what we had before was fine. It helped us get to where we are today, but now it's holding us back. And when you're sensing that it's holding you back, you're like, oh, well, we need to increase sales or we need to get more leads or we need to get more, you know, more downloads or, you know, schedule more demos. It's like, well, what, what's preventing that from happening? And oftentimes, you know, I want to kind of advise your listeners here is don't try to solve that problem in-house. Certainly look at it and say, okay, identify the, the, the pain you're experiencing and list out that pain. And those are the symptoms, right? So then you go to a consultant or advisor who's helped, helps brand, like us, who helps brands kind of break through that ceiling and, and get to the next level. Say, here's all the stuff we're experiencing that's holding our brand back from, from the growth that we know is, is there. And it's like, okay, just like a doctor or an attorney, they'll take those conditions and, and we'll understand them because they're common patterns that we see all the time. And we'll say, okay, now's the time to clarify your messaging or now's the time to give your salespeople a really polished pitch deck or have a video demo or whatever it may be to uh, address not those symptoms, but the cause because everything needs to be progressively moving forward. Right. So I just wrote an article today about prioritizing uh, your business goals to reach growth, no matter what the, the market's bearing, right. No matter what budgets are. And it's really like, okay, like, what do we need to get some return on this investment? What do we need right now to, to make something happen that we're continuing to move forward? And oftentimes, as you know, 
from a startup up to like larger companies, you're in-house, you're this close to stuff that you don't really truly see it for what, you know, what it is. So having that outsider perspective to come in and saying like, okay, I understand here's where you need to focus your energy now to get the results you're looking for. And that that's like a kind of rinse and repeat cycle. Like once you address those initial pain points, right? What's waiting behind that? More pain. So, you know, you want to make that initial pain go away and just keep keep moving forward, right? The next pain comes up, you handle that. The next pain comes up, you handle that. And that's moving your brand forward in a really a, a methodical, wise way that you're really maximizing what resources and money you have to build your brand and constantly getting outcomes and results that are positive. That makes a lot of sense. So as companies are really looking at the economy now and thinking about, you know, what do they want to do in marketing? We've seen budgets be reduced and companies pull back from marketing where, I mean, in my mind, they should be pushing forward. What's your take on that? Well, number one, uh, the cost of not marketing is greater than the investment in good marketing. So I'll spit out a lot of uh, words and terms that are kind of insider and, 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 and stop me if you need me to clarify it for more of uh, more accessible terms. But it's brand equity, right? It's top of mind. It's, it's how familiar people are with your brand. So what happens when you stop marketing? Well, then you become less visible to your customer. And what happens in that space? Well, your brand equity diminishes, and if your competitors are vying for that same attention from the same customers and they're continuing to invest in marketing and being just in front of the customer, you don't have to have something that's really a high ticket campaign. You just need to, to remind them that you're still there. You're still working on great stuff. You still can provide them value before a transaction. But if you, do, if you stop or even you, you taper, you're going to lose that equity and someone's going to be seeking it out. So the, the problem is that someone who's more daring and fearless with their marketing, uh, they're going to take your brand equity. And what's going to happen to your brand is not only when you're ready to go back to marketing, you're not going to start at the same level you were at before. You have uh, who knows how much you have to claw back before you get to this, this, the level you're at pre-cutbacks. And then you have to go even further to get back to equity from that other customer or that other competitor, right? So when, when COVID originally hit in 2020, you know, we looked at it as a recession because uh, there's really no date on how to navigate a business through a global pandemic because, you know, right. you know, it was 2000 or 1920 was a long time ago and things were very different than the last time it happened at that scale. So we looked at it as a recession and there's a, there's a cliche that goes around that says, you know, when times are good, you should advertise when times are bad, you must advertise. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a constant contrarian and I don't think that's quite accurate. Uh, it's advertising the right way. And just throwing gimmicks and, and hacks and, and different things out there isn't really going to uh, improve your situation either way. It's going to actually cost you money. 
uh, and it might be doing more harm than good. So what we want folks to do is say like, okay, you know, who's our target audience? What value can we provide them? And how can we operationalize our branding and marketing to where it's performing for us? So a, a lot of folks have gone through a, a branding um, exercise with an agency. And what we've seen through uh, not only since I started proper, but the 22 years I've been in the game is that there's always a gap between, okay, here's your strategy and here's the assets we create. And then it's the implementation side. How do we leverage these, this stuff? What do we do with it? And, you know, in-house marketing leaders uh, are, are there kind of pulling all the strings and managing resources and people and time and things like that? Well, there's still, you know, for better or worse, in our, in our modern times, you know, marketing leadership is also responsible for growth, for revenue, even though we're not really always handling the transaction part, the, the, the conversation with the customer. Uh, that's somebody else, but we're still accountable for that. So by operationalizing your marketing and branding, it's really bridging the gap between creating all these amazing assets to help us look, the, you know, earn the reputation both visually and through language that we desire. But it's being able to put it in practical terms that, that in-house team can empower, you know, a, a, a young marketer, uh, an intern, uh, an expensive freelancer and make you look like a rock star because you have the tools and confidence and assets you need to be self-sufficient. So that, that is something that, you know, all, all these brands uh, out there should be considering uh, how do we do more with less? Cause that's, that's the honest reality of it. It's like, well, let's make sure where we're spending money to invest in growth, even during a downturn. We know that we have customers out there. We know we have a product that's going to bring them a lot of value. Uh, we know that they have the budgets for it. But how do we do more where our funding's been cut or you know, with restructuring or whatever in-house? Like We don't have all the tools and assets we had during more of a boom time. Well, it's like, let's make sure that we got the stuff to be able to run this ourselves with or without an outside agency. And, you know, it's really how is this built to perform is the question that, you know, every in-house marketing person should be asking their, their creative, you know, uh, consultants or agencies, like, how is this going to perform for us? And providing just like a suite of logos and a beautiful sort of messaging, uh, what's the outcome we can expect from this? How do we use this stuff to be able to get the outcomes we're seeking? And if they can't answer that question, well, that's, a, that's an indicator. But they should be asking, how are you going to use it? What's your plan of action with this stuff? They should be asking those questions up front so that they're delivering the value you actually need without them. So what is good marketing? You said that a couple of times. I mean, you want good marketing, good advertising. Is that really focused around brand building? Is it direct call to action? What is it that makes a good campaign? Oh, wow. A good marketing, and good campaign are two different things. Um, they're related, though. So uh, Seth Godin, uh, we all know Seth as, as a marketing, uh, big brain marketing guy, lots of books. 
I don't always agree with him on everything, but I do agree with him on uh, what he, I think, and this is marketing. He says, everything is marketing. And I'm looking at the book on my desk. This, everything is marketing. And I agree with him on that because everything sends a message. Everything you do, you say, you push out there, your, all your digital channels, your, your software, uh, the, the interfaces, it's all sending a message. How that message is received and how it makes people feel is your brand. So you think about it that way, it just makes it simple. Well, we want it to be authentic. We want it to be real. Uh, there's been lots of studies over the past eight years around brand and purpose. So brand purpose is not necessarily, doesn't have to be like Patagonia where you have, you know, this almighty purpose of saving the world. Like it shouldn't be destroying the world, but it doesn't have to be that noble. Your purpose could just be, we want to improve our customers' outcomes, save them time, save them money, reduce frustration, get more out of less, self-sufficiency, empowerment, whatever that may be. Put that, write that down, right? And that's the message you want to be sending with everything you're doing because everything is marketing. So when you can simplify and clarify the vision and purpose of your company, and that has to come from the top down because the leader of your organization should be a visionary person. So what's the vision of your company? And that, that needs to be in very succinct, very direct language. It doesn't have to be in marketing speak or flowery. It just has to be understood and it has to be real. That way you're hiring and you're, you're managing and, and you're producing and you're nurturing around the vision of your company. And the, you have to also kind of couple that with your aspirations of the company, right? We want to be acquired. We want to acquire. We want to grow to 100 million from uh, 50 million. We want to disrupt, you know, uh, NetSuite or QuickBooks, right? We want, we want to do something huge, right? It's like, okay, that's our North Star. That's what we're working towards. But when you think about how to message that and how that's more of your internal mission. But when you're thinking about what makes good marketing, in, in our opinion, uh, and, and uh, our client's opinion, is that it's authentic. It's real. Instead of going with like cute, flowery, you know, uh, slogans that don't say anything to anybody, you're hurting your business. Uh, and don't look towards the mega brands as the example of how to do it because they're doing it from a mega brand perspective, not from where most businesses lie. So meaning that like, don't look to Apple on how to structure your brand or your brand architecture, how to name your products. Don't do that because you don't have the resources of Apple, right? They, Apple has the resources of essentially the sun. It's infinite. But we're all dealing with much less power, much less energy. So we have to laser focus our, our resources, right? We can't broadcast them. We have to focus right. them. So how do we get an impact out of something focusing? Well, focus on your customers, your users, what's important to them. And then get your message in front of not just the users, 
but the champions and the decision makers and, and cater your message to them from their point of view. So the users of the people are going to be using your product, right? And if there's a better way that's going to save them time and frustration, they're going to be into it, right? The champions are the ones who want better outcomes. They're probably in the middle somewhere. They want better outcomes. They know the frustrations of the users. They know that things can go away. They know that there's better uh, things out there, but they're stuck in some red tape. And then the decision maker could be the champion as well, but they're usually like, should we do this? You tell me why, and then I agree to, to, to make the investment. So the, we want to give the tools and information to the users to go back and influence the champions. And the champions, we want to give the tools and confidence to go and lobby up to the decision maker. And to get them to, to agree to next steps, right? Release the funds, do a demo, talk to somebody, have somebody in, whatever it may be, right? So you're thinking about those three um, customers and map that out and say like, okay, what's important to the user? What's who's influencing the user? Where are the, what channels is the user on? Uh, what are they thinking? What are they saying? What are their pains? How do they measure success? What are their gains? And go through each one and identify them and don't do the whole persona thing. That's a, that's a little bit of dogma, but like define that person, right? Like, oh, most of our, most of the decision makers are, you know, 50 to 60 year old uh, men and women educated, you know, put down stuff that's relevant, but then map it out to say like, are they on TikTok? Are they on Facebook? Do we really want to be advertising on, on Twitter with all the Twitter madness, right? Does that make sense for our brand? Because our brand is our reputation. So what message is it sending for us advertising on Twitter with all the Musk madness? Like, do we really want to be associated with that? Will that alienate our customers? Will that alienate our team? So think about all these things, but really simplify it, right? What do we do for whom? And how can we provide value and results for them without requiring them to give much skin other than when they're ready to self-identify and take the next step? Chances are they've already made a decision. So your business dev and salespeople are going to see that the outcomes from good marketing because you're authentic you're direct, you're messaging to the right people, the right thing in the right place. So when people do self-identify and fill out a form or contact you, whatever that conversion may be, you want to give three conversions, by the way. No skin, right? Just give them something, this for that, and then buy now, right? Those are the three conversions we want to consider at all, all times. But once you're setting things up where you're being authentic, you're speaking to your purpose, your purpose is relatable to your customer, you're, you're standing by what your promise is, you're consistent across every touch point, then your business dev and salespeople are going to have a lot better conversations because people are going to be pretty close to ready to buy uh, at that point because they know what's up. They know what, they, they find you likable and relatable by your purpose. 
And that's what the research is showing us that it's like 92% of, of consumers and it breaks down from the younger generations and it goes, you know, kind of goes downwards as you go higher up to, to boomers. Um, they want to, but it's all, it's all over 50%. But if we're getting a 92% of consumers want to engage with brands that share a purpose. And like I said, it's not, it doesn't have to be, you know, saving the rainforest, but it has to be a purpose that is beyond making as much money as possible. So how do you know what purpose is going to resonate with your ideal clients? Or you talked about brand personality and, and there is definitely a difference. How do you know what kind of personality will resonate with them? Because, you know, you look at a company like Patagonia is different than Apple, different than Google, different than Harley Davidson, different than, you know, so many Tiffany. others, Nike. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I so, like you know, how do you know what Harley fits? Davidson, right? Like, <laughs> that's so different. I wrote an article, uh, maybe it was last year or the year before. I said, is your brand Hulk Hogan or Harrison Ford? And if it's neither, then who? And that's how we help our clients identify their, their brand personality. And it's not what's going to resonate with your customers. It's what's authentic. I love what's that. real to us. Right. So like that makes it easy because if you, your brand personality happens to be Hulk Hogan, but it's not real, it requires so much effort and resources to push a false narrative. Again, we don't have the resources of the sun. We have the resources of a laser. So just keep it real. And when you're keeping it real, it's easy to be yourself. And here's the benefit of being yourself. Naval Ravikant said, well, many things he said. He said, when you are your authentic self, you have no competition because no one can compete with you on being you. And that's the best because it's so true. And my, it, I'm a testament to my entire life growing up in West Philly and, and being a businessman. I it wasn't supposed to be this way, but I am my, myself and I'm not deterred by outside influences or um, growth hacks and gimmicks that promise things that are untainable or unsustainable. So uh, to define your brand purpose, uh, it's another exercise. It's pretty fun. Just close your eyes and think about what would motivate you to go outside and fight. What would you fight for? What would you fight against? And that's coming from your, your, your core, your gut, right? Your mind is going to play tricks on you, but your gut's going to tell you the truth. So you want to listen to that. And like some of it, you know, when I think about it, it's like, what would I, what would I you know, and, and just, you know, Figuratively speaking, that you know we don't want people to go out fist fight over over creating a culture <laughs> right. of excellence, but it depends. Well, I guess it depends. But it it's like, what are you so enthusiastic and passionate about that makes you do this every day? That makes your best people excel in their lane, right? There's something shared there. And you know, sometimes it's just respect. Or autonomy, um, fairness, um, outcomes. Like, what are those things that, that you feel you're like, oh, I would never stand for that. I would never let someone, you know, do that to my people or my company. Or 
I don't understand how other, other companies don't act this way. And when I think about my entrepreneurial journey, that's what got me going. Was that like, why is every agency so transactional with the customer and the team? Can it be more relationship-based? Like, sure, we're in business to make money and be successful. We're also in business to make a difference. What is that difference we're trying to make? Right. And how can we not sell our soul or compromise our ethics and values to accomplish that? And that's your purpose in there. Your purpose is like what you truly, yeah, I don't know if it's not safe or, or, or parental, what you truly give an SHIT about, like what you really care about, where you're like non-negotiable. And then you put, you know, whatever that, whatever those words are, but probably not the right words, right? Like integrity. Like we, we roll our eyes at brands that say, oh, you know, our core values are integrity and security. Those aren't your core values. Those are right. just buzzwords. Pick up your, 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 your thesaurus, right? And look up the words integrity or whatever, you know, whatever it is and put it in your tone of voice. That makes it real. That makes it yours. That makes it, even though it's saying the same thing as other brands and other cultures inside other businesses, it's in your words. That makes it yours. And back to Novel Ravikant, no one can compete on with you being you. So when you think about like, what's, so our purpose is like, oh, what we'll, we'll, we'll fight for or fight against. And your personality is like, okay, what famous person, uh, you know, fiction, real, dead or alive, can we look to as a personification of our brand? And that helps it become, helps you embody it, helps you feel it, right? Like if it was Bill Murray, right? Because you imagine Bill Murray reading your, your marketing or, you know, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, I always like to, to use because he's, you know, lots of colorful language. Is that your, the personification of your brand? If not, like, then who is it, right? Like, then, then that gives everybody the, the common shared ideas about, like, this is how this brand talks to people. Right. And this is how our messaging and our identity and our design, the aesthetic looks, because this is the personification. And, and think about how empowering that is, right? When you go from no parameters around what's right and appropriate for your brand, then you have an infinite number of potential solutions to all these challenges. Too many. When you hire someone to help with your creative, your, your strategy, your messaging, your website, without those parameters, what they end up doing is placating, making somebody happy. And are making a CMO happy or CEO happy. But is that what's best for the brand and the future customer? No. Right. So you got to put those parameters in place. So creativity without parameters is just daydreaming and hoping. But creativity with those parameters in place enables innovation. And isn't that what all, all we want? We want to be innovative. We want to be different. We want to be unique. And we want to be not just memorable, but likable. And it all stems from just doing it in an authentic way. 
I think that's really important. And there's, there's no one right way to do it. It's not Hulk Hogan or Harrison Ford is the right way. It's, it's the authentic you. Both of them work, but they attract a completely different audience. And I think that's really interesting is figuring out who you are and, and being fully you, fully expressed, and then attracting the people that, that that resonates with instead of trying to build something that you think is going to attract the, the right kind of person. Because you're right, that, that's exhausting. Right. It's, and it's, it's gimmicky and it's, it really sucks up your resources. And what, not only that, this is where I want to put the, the, you know, to quote my dad, the fear of God in you is that it leads to what we call the poor positioning quagmire. So if you're just trying to position doing everything based on what you think your customer wants, you're going to end up making decisions that are not in your best interest and taking on clients and customers that aren't right. And then the downward spiral begins. You have bad customers, bad clients. You have no reviews, no testimonials, no case studies. So what are you marketing? Gimmicks which is, again, pulling you down. It becomes a race to the bottom. So then how do you differentiate while you don't because you commoditize yourself? You're, you're marketing your, your features and ingredients and technology. You're not marketing your purpose and the value you bring to the customer. So you start going further down. And then eventually someone's going to say, marketing isn't worth it because we're, we're shrinking. We're dying over here. Because you're not positioned properly, you're not messaging the right things to the right people in the right place, you're not giving them those three tiers of call to action so they can self-identify and take the next step, right? We want our customers to be informed and want them to make that decision emotionally and mentally that, hey, you know what? These guys can solve our problem and then take the next step. You, that's what you want to happen before you talk to anybody. Then it's just a conversation around like, yeah, this is the right fit for you guys, or it's not the right. right fit for you guys. So avoid that poor positioning quagmire, which is a lot of the reasons that companies go out of business, that, that the entrepreneurial uh, adventure has failed. It's because there's short-sighted decisions made for growth hack purposes that are unsustainable, that aren't what's best for the brand and our future customers. They're just best for whatever. Now, one caveat, business ain't easy, right? So sometimes you got to do what you got to do and do that, right? As long as you're not hurting anybody. And, and most importantly, as long as you're still focused on the vision and the goals of the future that you're looking forward. And that's the most important part of that. Yeah, I think that a lot of people really kind of sit in that middle. And I think that the poor positioning quagmire is, is a great example of that. So, I mean, you want your marketing to attract the right people and repel the wrong ones. Yeah. I think there's a lot of entrepreneurial fear around that of, well, what if I repel too many and then I don't sell to anybody? And so they, they end up in the middle. They don't take a stand for anything and they don't attract anybody. Yeah. I mean, just be brave, right? Be brave. Uh, take some guts to be successful, uh, especially in, you know, an unstable uh, market, you know, that we're getting conflicting 
data and, and news bites constantly. Uh, but one thing's for certain that, that people are holding on to their money right now because of that uncertainty. So you just got to be brave. But even more so is that, like take chances, take risk. You know, the only, uh, you know, I, I, I'm one of those guys that, you know, I kind of grew up and never, never imagined I would own a business. But in hindsight, it was kind of evident that I was going to find myself in this predicament. But I believe, and this is what I say to everybody who, who, who's considering or they should consider taking the entrepreneurial plunge, is that the only unsuccessful entrepreneur is the one who doesn't take that step. It's true. So you've already, you're already successful. Just keep that guts going because a lot of people are afraid to take that first step. Don't, you, you're not. You've done it. Keep going. Continue to be brave. Continue to be the leader that your company really needs and your industry is seeking. So what are the mistakes that founders or CEOs make in brand building or in marketing? The first thing that came to my mind is dogma. So uh, just about mean every that? client. So, so unquestionable ideas. So for example, just about every client we've had, in the tech space has said that they have their core values. They have their brand pillars, right? And I say, okay, what are they? And they fumble around them or they have 11 of them. So you can't care that much about 11 things. And how do you expect your people to make decisions based on these values? <laughs> Don't so remember humor, 11. Who's going to remember 11, right? And who's going to, and how are 11 words actionable right you need like three yep maybe four three and a half is good so you know just being open-minded important stuff is going to our curiosity is is the reason that we thought there was a better way to do something and for some reason our our society kind of says play and curiosity is kind of childish. Oh, shame on us. That's just terrible, right? Because that's how we learn. And, you know, picking up patterns and seeing those patterns over and over, that's how we, we measure intelligence. And what we find to be boring and obvious, our customers find to be extremely compelling. And brilliant. So, you know, remain curious. Keep an open mind. Resist dogma. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of your, your, your listeners know the word Kaizen, you know, in, in, in software development. And we apply it to just a, a philosophy in life. It means constant improvement. How can we improve ourselves, our team, our operations? And that doesn't mean that we wreck it constantly. Just to have an open mind. Is there a better way to do this? You know, when we work with contractors all the time, because we don't want a huge agency, we just want, we want A players that we bring in as we need them. And I insist, tell me if you know something better here. What can you contribute to the success of this project? What ideas do you have? And if they're not offering that, we're not working with them more than you know, once or twice, because we want people who are thinking, 
and contributing to the conversation. So that's a top-down thing. The leader has to kind of set that example. What other things do, do they do? They lose sight. Uh, you know, uh, Lincoln was big with this. Um, he would go and, and hang out with the troops. He had an open-door policy at the White House where people were allowed to – was he in the White House? Wherever the president lived at that time, I'm pretty sure it was the White House. Yes. Um, yes. I'm not, I'm not a historian. Um, I love history, though, but I'm not a historian. <laughs> um, design history, I might, I might know some facts. But um, he had an open-door policy where people could walk up and talk to him. Right? So he had that connection between the people that are doing the work, the people that are selling the work, and the people that are using the work. Right? So having that feedback loop is critical to make sure that we don't lose touch with what we're building. And if there was another one, focus on what matters most. You know, coming out of COVID, another thing with like going remote and then pulling everyone back to the office, is that really what, what needs to happen? You know, we work from nine to five, Monday to Friday. Is that really what we need to do? Or is that just kind of the way it's always standard operations, right? That the whole reason we did that was because of factories. Well, factories don't really exist anymore, at least in this country. So why do we maintain the factory work schedule? Like all these things, question all these things that other people have done. And focus on what really matters, the outcomes, the value, the fulfillment, the engagement, right? For your people, your customers, your, all your stuff, your, you know, your, your vendors, like all those people need to be like, oh, yeah, because you think about it, right? If there's no reason to pull your team back into work and it disrupts their lives for, and they're not happy, they're going to talk about it. Right. So that's part of your marketing because they're sending that message. And you think about the best marketing. The best marketing is a recommendation or a referral because someone's going to say, hey, Jeff, you're looking for – you're looking for a coffee company to, to, to brew your own at home? Well, don't go with them. They suck. No questions asked. And you're going to say, oh, yeah. Someone's going to be like, oh, Jeff, have you heard of this coffee brand? Oh, yeah, I heard they suck. Oh, really? Yep. So that's how we talk and communicate in right. informal settings. That's how people are going to talk and communicate about your brand. So if you focus on what really matters, none of this extra stuff, this vain ego stuff, none of this per perceived, you know, we have the big office, so that means we're great. Like none of that is necessarily important. If it's providing like quality and fulfillment, great. Uh, if it's, you know, someone's paying for it, by the way, wouldn't you rather have that in your, your, your paycheck? <laughs> but, you know, but wouldn't, what we really want to do is earn the right reputation every day. So when that comes up, I say, yeah, their coffee is great. It's, it doesn't taste like burnt water. It's, you know, it's, they have lots of varieties. They're in the neighborhood. You know, they get their stuff from, you know, sourced properly. Uh, they, treat their, their, they treat their employees well. They're always so nice. Like that's all it takes. For someone to say like, oh, okay, and then they're going, that's all. I mean, that's the influence your brand has on your success. When people are talking about your brand in a positive light and they're making recommendations like, oh, I was where you were. 
try this solution or hell no, don't go there. Like very different things, right? So like focus on what matters most and you'll have more positive outcomes. You'll have more, you know, recommendations and reviews and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where you just do good. You're good at business. You're a good human being. Uh, you're a good citizen and it will just reciprocate. That's great advice. So tell me about uh, the book, Build Your Brand. Let's, uh, let's see what it looks like. So oh, I am I from that. Philly, but the orange and black is not necessarily a flyer's <laughs> homage, but hey, why not? Um, the designers uh, went in that direction and I liked it. Um, so That's great. You know, um, why did I write this book is, is a common question. Um, there's a couple of reasons. One, uh, it is our duty to give back. So all the information all the ideas, all the accomplishments of today are the result of so many others that came before us. All right, we're not we're not having self-driving cars and and beautiful MacBook Pros on our desk and what it, that wasn't that wasn't the people who who designed and, and built those things. That's a hundreds of thousands of years of humans telling stories and sharing information with one another. So I felt I felt compelled to contribute to the conversation. And I felt like shame on me if I went to the grave with all this wisdom and knowledge, wisdom, you know, it's, you know, the jury's still out, but information I've, I've gathered and learned over the years. Like I wanted to make it, I want to contribute to the conversation further. Um, two, I want to make my mom and my family proud. Uh, and I got a chip on my shoulder. So, you know, grew up in West Philly, people are like, oh, Bobby Gillespie didn't write no book. Yes, I did. And I'm writing a second one. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but I want to I want to lead by example. And that's really important to me. Me Puppet song covered by uh, Nirvana. And the one uh, lyric goes, uh, who needs action when you got words? Uh, and that's mocking. That's mocking so many people who are just talking. Uh, I want to lead by example. Uh, and I want to inspire other people to do things that they never thought was possible. And to lead by example. Um, but also, there's a better way to do business. There's a better way to brand and market your company. And the gimmicks are tired. You know, the Super Bowl is coming up this week. Go Eagles. And, you know, the Super Bowl commercials, everybody gets hyped for them. I get nauseated by them. Because of the platitudes and the BS. And there's no it substance. Just, it's there's nothing to it, right? And that is the example we're given as business owners as what to do. It's it's nonsense, right? Like just be what your customers are looking for. Follow your vision. You see that there's a gap or there's a void in in service or product, and you want to fill that. And you want to fill that why. And why does your customer need a better way to do what they're trying to accomplish? Like clarify that and say that. And, you know, like the, the, the Toyota thon and, you know, buying Lexuses for Christmas, like, ugh, we're better <laughs> than that. And I cringe at my, my colleagues who 
That's their, you know, that's the advertising world that they're doing that. Avoid that. You'll be better off in the long run. Your money is best spent elsewhere. Right. And, you know, and, and you'll, you'll feel better about it. You'll, you'll create a brand that you, your employees, your customers, their family, their friends, they'll be thrilled to be a part of. And isn't that a much better legacy to have versus saying that, you know, uh, we ran some campaigns during the Super Bowl? Like, that's not necessarily going to move the needle. Well, we'll move the needle the wrong way. But very well moving might. the needle the right way is creating a brand that people are excited to be a part of. That's great advice. Where can people find out more about you, about the book, and, and about Proper Online? So, uh, me, uh, if you dare, uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Uh, and my, uh, my handle is that Bobby G T H A T B O B B Y G. I'm pretty active. Just let me know where you heard me on Jeff's show. And I'd love to connect. Um, you can learn more about proper at properagency.com and proper spelled a little bit differently. It's P R O P R no E it's properagency.com. And the book, uh, currently the book is for sale on the evil monolith Amazon. Uh, you got to sometimes you can't control the game. You just can control how you play it. Um, so uh, it's build your brand like you give it S-H-I-T. Uh, the, the I in S-H-I-T is an exclamation point because Amazon <laughs> is weird uh, about that. Um, and you can buy a hardcover soft cover or Kindle, the ebook will be out later in 2023. Excellent. And we'll make sure and link all of those and uh, the show notes and Bobby is a great conversation. Really enjoy having you on Test Fuel. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thanks again, Bobby, for coming on the show and sharing your strategies and insights that are working today. That's awesome. You can learn more about Bobby at properdesign.com. And that's proper, P-O-P-R, without the E. And as always, all links, highlights, resources, full show notes are available at sasfuel.com, including the link to proper design, as well as Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org, and Nova Ukraine, NovaUkraine.org enjoying the show and getting value, hit that subscribe button or follow us on social. Everyone who subscribes this week gets a custom SaaS limerick just for you or your company. There once was a SaaS founder named Moses who built his AI with rubber hoses. The seed round he got without a second thought left us bootstrappers holding our noses. All right. Well, you guys enjoy a long weekend, honor the heroes and kick off summer well. And then join us next Tuesday for a conversation with Melissa Kwan. She is the co-founder and CEO of eWebinar, an automated webinar solution that combines pre-recorded video with real-time interactions and live chat to deliver an engaging experience. And you think you know webinars, think again. And next Thursday, my guest is Sam Baker, principal at Scale Venture Partners. They are a scale-up studio that invests in SaaS and tech companies building intelligent software that works for the user. Sam believes that cognitive apps are the future. Want to know why? We'll come back next week, and he will tell you all about it. So I will see you next time. Honor our heroes, honor the fallen, and as always, enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to SaaS Fuel. 
full show notes for each episode, which includes a summary, key takeaways, quotes, and any resources mentioned, are available at sasfuel.com. Be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're enjoying the content and getting value from these episodes, please leave us a rating and review at ratethispodcast.com slash sasfuel. We'll be sure to read these out on future episodes.